Welcome back to Actually Adultish. My name is Christina and I'm one of your hosts. And today I have a really great guest. Today we're bringing back Les Alfred. She was on the podcast earlier before episode 33 if you want to get to know her there. But she's one of my closest friends and we always have a lot to talk about. And I wanted to bring her back on to just kind of ramble on about the things that we've been discussing personally thought I would open up the conversation to the general public so Les is a certified personal trainer she's a blogger she writes the blog thebalancedberry.com so you should check her out there and if you want to get to know her in depth, definitely listen to that old episode. And I also have an interview with her on my blog, addictedtolovely.com. So you can find her more there. I also just wanted to give a shout out to everybody who's joined the Facebook group. And also say thank you to everybody who has subscribed, who has left a rating and a review. It really, really helps us. So you're the best. So let's just hop right into my convo with Les. Hey, Les. Hey, Christina. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. I want you back always. <laughs> um, what did you do today? What did I do today? I went to work all day. So um, I work at Lululemon. So a lot of like helping ladies find workout pants mm. is what most of my day consisted of. What's the most popular pant? Ooh, right now at Lululemon. Um, they came out with those out- new ones. Like, yeah. They're like naked something, right? Yeah. The naked ones are definitely the most popular. Um, the new Lux Fast and Free. Oh, shit. My favorite. It's like my favorite thing ever. They're so comfortable. That's super popular right now. Interesting. Yeah. Do people, when people come into Lululemon, do they know, like, what do you tell them if they don't even know what they want? Um. Usually I just like to ask them a lot of questions and then I'll listen to what they say and I'll make a recommendation off of that. Like I'll ask them, what kind of workouts they like, what they want to wear the clothes for. I ask them how they like to feel, and then I will kind of take what they tell me and just give them a bunch of stuff to try on and see what they like. You know what's funny is my Lululemons, I don't use those to work out in. I use those to just wear Mm -hmm. because I feel like they're too thick for me to work out in. I kind of do the same thing, mainly because those are like my work clothes, quote unquote work clothes, and I want them to stay nice. So I tend to work out in my like crappy stuff that I don't care if it gets gross. Yeah, we talked about this. I literally wear my stuff from Target from when I was 14, like my ugly sports bras and like spandex from volleyball. Yeah. And then I don't understand how people... Like, they wear really nice clothes to work out. And I guess, I mean, I understand it. I wish I was like that. I don't look cute. I'm going to do that if I'm going to be taking a class. Like, if, uh-huh. I'm, if I'm going to the bar and I'm, like, trying to stunt, then I'll put on, like, the cute stuff that I just got from work, you know, because that's what everybody does. Yeah. But uh, my normal day-to-day, I wear, like, sorority t-shirts. And, like, <laughs> oh, my God. Pants. No, yeah. That's <laughs> it. I, like, never go to classes, but if you ever see me at a class... I'll be wearing the same thing every time because I only have one workout top <laughs> that's, like, not a piece of shit. <laughs> um, okay, so let's just do this. We have Great. a lot. I feel like we could talk about whatever we're going to talk about for hours. So yeah. I, I wanted to have Les back on because, well, we have a lot of things to talk about. But we thought we'd start <laughs> off by talking about the comparison trap. I feel like this has been all over social media a lot recently in different contexts. And I feel like a lot of people have been talking about it and how they feel like they're comparing. And I feel like that's actually at the root of like every issue somehow. Yeah. So I think we just want to talk about maybe how to avoid it or how to deal with it, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, both of us fall into it too. 
totally everybody does i don't think that you can completely avoid it but it's kind of how you respond to your thoughts so what advice would you give i mean i think comparing ourselves happens it's it's human nature we all do it i think though it it's about how much you let it impact you. Like if you're so consumed with comparing yourself and others that it affects your quality of life or that you find yourself motivated by like trying to keep up with what other people are doing Mm -hmm. or looking like someone else or imitating what someone else is doing, that's when it goes too far. I think every once in a while, you know, we'll open up Instagram and see something or see someone that we think is doing better than us. And it's like, okay, I roll. But if it gets to a point where you do, you're doing a little more than an eye roll, then it's probably time to reel it in. Yeah. Because I know sometimes people get like fixated on one account or one person and sometimes you don't even know why, but it just starts spiraling out of control and you start looking through everything that they're doing, other posting. And I feel like a lot of times with the comparison thing, sometimes you don't even realize you're comparing, which is where the problem lies, you know? Yeah. You're just getting aggravated. And I think for me, that's like the most important thing to be able to realize when I'm comparing. You know, sometimes I'll just be like in a bad mood and I don't even know why. Yeah. And then I figure that out. And for me, I have to remove myself from the situation (laughs) agreed for sure which is that's why it's so hard like unfollowing people is so hard or even even comparing people in real life like friends and you're like well what do i do i just can't be friends with them kind of A little bit, or even if it's like changing the dynamic or changing the setting, if you have a friend that you say you compare yourself to a lot when you do certain activities with them, Mm -hmm. like if you go out to dinner with them and you find yourself constantly comparing what you're eating with what they're eating, well, when you hang out with them, do something different. Don't make it about food so that you're not tempted to go there. Or if you feel competitive working out with them, don't work out with them, like do something else when you hang out with them so that they'll still be your friend, but so that you're not as tempted to like fall into that same trap. Um, that's, that's kind of what I have had to do with some of my friendships. I used to have some friendships that were more centered around like me and my friends having an interest in fitness and it just wasn't really healthy. And now when I hang out with them, we do different things. We talk about different things. It just, that's not at the center of it anymore. And that helps a lot. That's why I always think you always hear the advice for getting into fitness to do it with a friend. And I think for some people that can be really helpful, but for others, it can be not helpful at all. Like, oh, yeah, I know for me, like, that's a big reason why I like to work out by myself and not in a gym, because I don't want to compare. I when I used to work out in the gym, I would just always be looking around like feeling not good enough and when I'm here I don't have anyone to compare myself to besides myself like as I'm going you know yeah and I think it just kind of goes back to the whole nothing's black or white all this advice that's put out on the internet and in the world it's not one thing isn't going to work for everybody you know Exactly. like I don't know if that's a good or bad thing if somebody's motivated to Like, they use that as a motivational factor to working out, you know, working out with a friend, I feel like. But if it's because they're comparing themselves to the friend versus versus just wanting to have a date with their friend, you know, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I think it depends. It's reminding me of... um the book by Gretchen Rubin that I read not too long ago um, called Better Than Before. And it's all about motivation and what motivates us as people to stick to habits. And one of the things that she talked about was that, you know, as people, we tend to fall into different groups of like what motivates us. Mm -hmm. And some of us are upholders. 
who are very self-motivated and can keep ourselves accountable and kind of like doing our own thing, I think you're definitely an upholder in my <laughs> personal opinion. Um, but a lot of people are what Gretchen calls obligers. So obligers are people who kind of need a social construct in place to be motivated to do something. If they don't tell their friend they're going to meet them at yoga in the morning, they probably won't go, but they'll only go because they told their friend they would go and they don't want to hold them up. You know what I mean? And for people like that, if that's going to motivate you and get you to go or get you moving and get you to do something and it's to that level of like accountability, that's fine. But I think it gets hairy when it turns into comparison. Yeah, that's so interesting. I feel like it's so funny because I hear so many people, they'll go, Oh, I'm doing this to their Instagram stories. Like, say they're going to do something. And they go, I just said that because now I have to do it because I told all you guys I'm going to do it. Yeah. And it it, it actually is smart if that, like, helps you. um, Yeah. As long as it's a good habit, I guess. Yeah. For some people, it's effective. Yeah. I think also, like, the comparison thing. I think sometimes people take things out of context this is this is just a bigger issue. This blurry line between how we share information and are we telling people that they need to do this and this is the right way and blah 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 are are we just sharing how we live our lives? You know, like sometimes people yeah. say, "Well, I felt you know, I feel bad about myself because I see so and so doing this or doing that and I can't do it or I can't do that." And then they like who's to blame is the question, you know? And I don't know that I think it's unfair on both sides because I don't know. So is nobody allowed to share anything? You know, if somebody's going to take it out of context, that's such a, that's something that I struggle with so much is my opinion on that. And I think this is about to sound real harsh, but like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go for it. I, kind of human nature for all of us to make things that aren't about us about About, us yeah you're so right yeah like I love Julie Bauer and following paleo mg and I think she's hilarious and like same she seems cool as heck and sometimes I look at the comments of her photos on Instagram and I'm just like Good Lord. I mean, for anybody who follows Julie, she's super fit and has like a crazy, like muscular body, more power to her. Like, that's Mm -hmm. great. I don't think that makes her any better or worse than anyone else. That's just what her body looks like. But the comments that people leave on her photos will be like, oh, thanks for making me feel guilty about not working out, Julie. Or, oh, now I feel bad that I'm your abs, Julie. And it's like her posting a picture of herself wearing a workout top. Her abs have nothing to do with you. They have nothing to do with me. That's just her body. That is how her body responds to her lifestyle. It is what it is. It has nothing to do with the people there. And if you feel guilty for not working out from seeing that, it's because you already had that feeling before you saw it. And it's a visual reminder. And I think when people learn how to cope with seeing visual reminders in a better way, then it just is a more positive experience all the way around. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. That frustrates me too because it's like, so what, she's not allowed to post what she looks like because what she looks like hurts your feeling. Like, I don't know. There's such a, but then. And it's it's also, I want to challenge the ideals of that, you know, there's a certain thing that looks better than other things. Like, yes, she's really fit and she has, very chiseled abs, but that doesn't make her any better, or any worse than anybody else. Why is that such an ideal that's held up on such a pedestal? Yeah. It shouldn't be. It should just be a physical characteristic. It is what it is. It doesn't make her or anyone else who has it or doesn't have it better or worse. Yeah. And that's what I like to push back on. Like, we just because some people just don't have that and it's fine. Mm-hmm. I always think about this. Like if you take a really big step back, we've turned we just turned everything into looks, I feel like, in superficial things. And I feel like it's not like this in other countries to to this extent. Like, I feel like it's mainly in America. I think, I feel like I was, I feel like it was Shalene Johnson. It was some, I was listening to somebody and they were saying how this is such an American thing to make everything about weight and diets, like unrelated things. And fitness isn't about, half the time it's not about fitness, it's about losing weight. 
Like that's what yeah. it always is. Or just like yeah. these ideals. And I'm just like, this is also arbitrary. Like what we think it is. Is, is an ideal here because of what the media says is so arbitrary. And in another place, that's not, you know, like yeah. I don't, wh- what does, <laughs> this is such a big issue in general, but one way of doing things or one way of looking how is that any better, any worse? It just exactly. doesn't even make sense logically. Like, yeah. can you walk around and use your limbs and use your brain? And Exactly. You know, like, yeah, we'd never have that perspective. We're so focused in on these superficial things and we don't even know why. Yeah, it's for sure. scary. And Agreed. Also, going back to the Julie thing, like, that goes back to that whole... Like I do, be- I do think that when people share, they do need to be more responsible as well. But then you can't just say that anybody who's sharing is irresponsible. Like, no, yeah, you know, I think I'm lying, and I think a lot of it too has to do with the intention of the content as mm-hmm. well. Um, I, I mean, I can't think of anybody that I've ever seen that is like posting things trying to make people feel bad about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there is some awareness there. And I think also pictures are big, but the words that go along with it are really big as well. Um, and I think when people post content that kind of has their opinion or their way of doing things as the end all be all or makes what they're doing sound absolute. That's when things get really tricky too, because if somebody sees that and doesn't know any better or is just getting into it, then it can either be really discouraging or maybe they think they need products or to do all these things that they probably don't need. And it's just, it's a slippery slope Mm -hmm. for sure. No, I agree. And I feel like either way, it's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I think a lot of it comes down to like marketing, you know, and that's like how you get people's attention. But then it's like, you're making somebody's making them feel bad. Well, it's like, I don't know. I just feel like no matter what, you're going to upset somebody, you know? So it's like, I don't even know what to do besides as a consumer, I have to be responsible for what I pay attention to and what if I start feeling bad because of something like either remove that trigger from my life or Mm -hmm. reason with myself take a step back and try and understand you know get to the bottom of it like get to the bottom of whatever else is bothering you that that person on Instagram or whatever is like triggering Mm -hmm. because usually that's what it is it's not them it's that they're reminding us of something that already bothers us yeah and it's so funny like I don't know sometimes I just wish I was so ignorant of all this stuff like people who don't pay attention (laughs) to social media it's because we're just flooded with information all the time that's why you know people who aren't paying attention don't aren't dealing with this because it's like you don't even have time it's not even on your brain or think about like yeah think about like when somebody has kids and then all of a sudden they're so busy and they don't even have time to go on instagram or like watch tv and then it's like i don't have you know i don't have time to think about this or like even if you think about when you were younger before Mm -hmm. i paid attention to all this well, I would still see it, but I wasn't comparing, you know, it was just like yeah. there. Yeah. When I was little, I wasn't like, I don't know. I could be like, oh, that girl's pretty, but I wasn't like, okay, I need to do this to make myself look like her. Like it yeah. was just kind of, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. I mean, I think before we just weren't inundated with it, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't right in the palm of our hand, in our pocket that we could access any time. Yeah. You know, you had to specifically go to a magazine or go. Yeah, you had to go out of your show. way. Yeah. You know what I mean? You had to kind of go, see- not seek it out because the media is always very prominent, but like it just, the fact that it's on demand now mm-hmm. is what's so hard. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. And I think about yeah. that all the time, like, well, I can't <laughs> how much more productive I would be if I didn't have texting and Instagram and Snapchat and YouTube and all of these things 
I would be so much more productive. And, <laughs> but I can't get rid of it. You know? No. Like, yeah. th- this is how such the a part world, of life. Now. Yeah. And then that makes me scared for people who are growing up because yeah. I think about, I was thinking about this. I was like, I have way, I had way less to do in college than I did in high school. Mm-hmm. But everything that I did in college took, was so much, like, took more time. And yeah. that was because it was at the same time as the age when all this media was coming. In high school, I didn't text while I was at school. Like, no one, yeah. like, I wasn't on my phone and I wasn't on Instagram. I barely even used Instagram till I was, like, end of senior year. Like, I didn't have anything yeah. to distract me. And yeah. I have I have been distracted perpetually since 2013. <laughs> <laughs> like no joke that's how i we feel all have, yeah for sure and so then i'm like my kids are going to be distracted like from the day they're cognizant basically yeah it's, it's hard yeah i don't know how people do it i don't know either because i think also it's harder when it's part of your job like yeah you know i feel like i have to be on be on social media to understand what's going on and see what other people yeah. are doing. That's why I get like, I get, do you ever scroll through your feed and think, I wonder who's not involved in blogging? Like what's their feed like? Yeah. <laughs> I do that. I mean, I have like two separate Instagrams and I have one that's just like my own personal one, mm-hmm. which I really don't post anything on because I kind of forget that I have it, but that's where I follow like, all my coworkers and my friends from college and like my family and stuff. And it's so funny when I scroll over to that feed and look through it and it's like pictures of people's babies and (laughs) random stuff they did that day. And, and then I scroll over to my blog feed and everything is so perfect and curated. It's like two totally different worlds. I know I haven't even, I have a personal Instagram too, but I haven't looked through that feed in probably a year. Yeah. I don't even know. That's it's so sad to say, but I don't look at it cuz that feed would be boring. Yeah. Like that which is so sad like, to say. True. Like that's like horrible of me. Like why I should think that real life is more exciting. But then when I when Yeah, I'm, but it's not cuz even real life doesn't necessarily need to be documented on Instagram all yeah. the time. It needs to be lived. like I kind of think it's all boring. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> the curated and the not curated. Yeah. I'm like, "Okay, cool. Your kid ate a popsicle." Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of why I feel like this growing resentment toward Instagram because I scroll through my whole feed to see what people are doing, but I'm like I really don't care. Yeah. I don't really care about every meal you ate today. It looks the same as what you ate yesterday. And, like, that's great that you ate it. But, like, I could be reading a book right now, you know, or yeah. doing something else. But I – and that's why I feel like I resent it because every day I spend all this time looking at it. And then it's I'm like – Even if you don't like it. Yeah. And then I don't want to unfollow people because I don't want to offend them. Yeah. Do you – check how do do people check who unfollows them i think if you have um what's it called oh what's that um instagram algorithm like what's that program Eh, i'm forgetting what it's called but there's like that program where you can see like icona square that's what it is on icona square um you can see like who unfollows you so is everybody using that like I get so. Con- I don't know. Not I- necessarily. I used to, and then I stopped because I didn't want to see who was unfollowing me. I just was like, whatever. Yeah. I just will do what I want to do, and it's that's. I guess that's not the whole point of that platform. It's more so like analytics to see mm-hmm. when your audience is on and what they like most and everything. But that is part of it. That must be why, because I I could never figure out. I was like, how do people know that I unfollow them? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I would not know if somebody if you unfollowed me, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either. Like, yeah. And why does that bother people so much? You know, if yeah. someone unfollows them, when I, I don't even know you personally. <laughs> it really depends on who, on who unfollows, because for some people it's like, okay, this is a random person. I don't really care. And then for other people, like if it is somebody, you know, in real life, 
that can feel icky. Like that was kind of why I stopped using Iconosquare Square because mm-hmm. all of everybody I knew in real life just started unfollowing me once I started posting Balanced Berry stuff. And I got really offended by that. Um, and I shouldn't have. And now I don't care. But this was like years ago when I was like, ah, like, girl, you could probably use some wellness tips. Like, yeah. why are you on me? Um, but sometimes it can feel personal. If it's someone you've interacted with a lot or someone who you supported their account a lot and they like don't reciprocate, not saying that's why you do it, but sometimes it can feel a little icky depending on the situation and the person. I get that. What do you do if there's somebody on social media who really like makes you want to (laughs) compare? Yeah. Do you unfollow? But like, like, do you unfollow them? Like, what do you do if there's somebody who you feel like I should unfollow them, but I feel like I can't because of like business reasons or something? You know, because sometimes yeah. you follow people. You know, I feel like it's more yeah. complicated when this is your industry. I have a lot of people like that. And I mean, for me, I think I just try and turn my blinders on. Like mm-hmm. if I see if we're still using Instagram, I mean, I think that's probably like the best example I like won't watch their stories. Like Mm -hmm. it's easier to scroll past something in the feed, but if someone's like really bothering me or their content or something, I don't want to like see firsthand what they're doing. I just, I just won't look at that. Mm -hmm. The stories are probably like the hardest thing. If there is someone who's really bothering me, who I feel like I can't unfollow. So will you just like turn off their story or will you? Oh, can you do that? I just like don't open it. Somebody told me that I haven't done it, but I was like complaining about that the other day. I was like, I yeah. like this person's, I like this person's photos, but I hate their stories. Yeah. And somebody was like, oh, you can just turn it off. And I was like, really? Oh, really? I wonder how you do that. I'm pretty I'll sure. Have to, I'll have to investigate and see how you do that. Yeah, I think. But I don't want anyone to turn off my stories. Yeah, no. Still. Continue watching me and Christina's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turn off everybody else's. <laughs> no, but I mean, but seriously, though, like, that's the thing is. I wish that people didn't get so offended about. I'm like, if for some reason something I'm doing is making you not feel good, like, please don't follow me. I don't know. I always get confused about sharing stuff. I've been talking yeah. about this a lot recently because I'm trying to share what I think. Yeah. Because I'm sick of all this shit going around that is just, like, irresponsibly shared. But then I don't want people to just see what I'm doing and think that I'm saying this is, this is right, you know. Yeah. Because I feel like everybody has, the issue is I think so many people are trying to find this black or white answer to everything. This is what I'm going to do to lose weight this is what i'm gonna do to heal my stomach issues this is how i have to eat this is how i have to work out this is and i was like this for so long like it's like a really hard thing to swallow that there's like not one answer that you're gonna find on the internet that's gonna solve your problems exactly and it's a moving target like if you have something going on let's say like you for example you have your protocol that you're doing right now for Mm -hmm. your health that's for a limited amount of time that doesn't mean you're gonna like eliminate those foods forever or follow that pattern forever that's one thing at one point of time that you're doing for your health right now and a year from now your whole routine could and should look totally different and that's okay but I think we try and hold on to like what is the perfect answer to do right now and don't realize that like that doesn't have to be forever and it shouldn't be forever yeah and that's why it's like it scares me sometimes I just I get so frustrated because I want to like help people figure their stuff out, but I also can't tell them what to do. And also what works for me isn't going to work for other people. And that's why I feel guilty when people reach out to me and they'll be like, well, what, what foods like bother your stomach or what did you do to fix this? What did you do to fix that? And I never know what to say because the whole point of me doing my platform was to share what I did but then yeah. I know, but then I'm scared. I'm going to tell this person what it is for me. And then they're going to think it's yeah. the same thing for them because that's what happened to me. Yeah. And, and then I hard. just couldn't get better because I was like, well, this worked for this person and it's not working yeah. for me. And 
I don't know. I just go back and forth all the time. I think when you were talking about that scenario, it kind of reminded me of what we were saying at the very beginning when you were asking me about people who come to Lululemon who don't know what they want. Mm -hmm. I think in terms of like coaching and helping people, it's kind of the same thing. Like it's all about asking questions. Well, how does this feel? What did you try? What have you done? So when did you feel good? What were you doing when you felt good? Mm -hmm. What prevents you from doing more of that? Like it's, I think it's just so much, not that you should be doing this via Instagram, but I think in your career, once you're done with like nutrition school and you're in that realm, I think there's so much power in asking people questions yeah. and questions to lead people to the answer that's right for them. Mm-hmm. That's why so many of these like professions, I feel like are halfway just like, th- like therapy and trying to get people <laughs> to be more in yeah. tune with themselves. Yeah. Like, do you feel like you're, I would imagine as a trainer, sometimes you would feel more like, I mean, you're like lightweight, my therapist. So, (laughs) but don't you feel like that's a huge part of being like a trainer? Like it is. Yeah. There's just such an, I like, like how much, I don't know. I, I would feel, I would imagine there would be a big emotional part to that. There is. I mean, especially when I was doing in-person training, now that I'm doing online training, it's, it's a little bit different, but when I was, you know, working out with someone an hour a day, three days a week, you hear all about what's going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a really big part of it. And I think a lot of the time people just want to feel listened to, like they may be coming to you and asking questions and not even necessarily because they like want an answer from you right then and right there, but they want to talk about what's going on with them. They want people to listen. And if they feel like they don't have anybody to listen, then if they see somebody online who's maybe dealing with something that sounds familiar to what they're dealing with, then they think you're a good person to listen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When, when you're training people, people ever, how do you deal with the comparison thing within that? Like, does somebody ever come to you? I would imagine it would be like in an initial consult and they would say, maybe I want to look like this person. Does it, has anyone ever said that to you? Yeah, definitely. I've definitely had some people say that they want to have certain like body characteristics as others or that their weight loss, you know, they have a weight loss goal for a vacation. Um, and then I'll say, okay, cool. Let's get some other goals down on paper. And I try and push them towards more performance based goals because I've just personally found that to be a lot more effective. Mm -hmm. And I found when clients have performance based goals, they're more likely to stick with it. Um, because then they're training and looking for feeling, not looking for like a vanity number. I always try to make fitness be more qualitative than quantitative, right? Mm-hmm. So to be more about what people are thinking and feeling versus like a number on the scale, number of, you know, amount of weight they're lifting, what size they are, are whatever. I will just literally be so annoying and keep asking them questions until we get to something that I think we can work with. Yeah. And I won't discount that. I don't want anybody to feel bad. And I won't say you shouldn't want to lose 20 pounds. If that's what they want to do, fine. They can have that in the forefront. But me as the trainer, that's not going to be my goal necessarily in training them. Yeah. I think what's also hard is a lot of people with these quote goals, they're, they have this idea in their head and it's not like reality. I don't know. Like, I feel like sometimes people think, oh, they'll say, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds. And in their head, they're imagining they're going to look like a certain person. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and I'm like, even if you lose 10 pounds, you're still going to look like, like, you're still going to be you. And also, too, this is kind of something I haven't necessarily touched on this with clients, but it was something I had to do kind of for myself to get myself like over issues that I was going through is like, okay, Les, when you reach that goal, when you weigh whatever, when your body fat percentage is whatever, when your cellulite's gone, which never happened, um, what is, what's the point? What are you going to have then that you don't now? How is your life going to be better? And finally I realized, oh, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So why am I killing myself over this thing that's not going to make my life any better? My life is pretty good right now. And sure, I want to work out to be stronger, faster, 
have more energy, whatever. But like trying to kill myself over having thin thighs, which for this body just ain't going to (laughs) happen. My life isn't going to be better from that. So like, why is that what I'm focusing on? No, that's so important. And then I feel like that's why I feel like the social media thing and the comparison thing makes us create problems in our head that weren't already there. Like trying to Mm -hmm. fix something that's like not even a problem trying yeah you know um <laughs> like sometimes people are just like i want to lose weight I'm, it, why just because yeah you saw somebody else say that they want to lose weight too you know yeah it's the other day i was at work and there was a woman um who has recently started working out and she started working out at this gym that you know a lot of a lot of girls at my store like to work out at. So we were chatting about the workout she does and how she's getting really into it. And she's getting really excited. And she was trying on this workout shirt that I recommended to her and she grabbed her size. I don't even want to say what it is because I feel like even getting numbers in people's heads Mm -hmm. just create something it doesn't need to be. She grabbed a size. It looked great on her. Like it fit great. It would have been perfect during the workout. And she's like, all right, I love it. And I'm going to be working towards a smaller one. And I'm like, oh my what? God. but the one you're wearing looks great and yeah. you look great. Why do you need to be working towards a smaller one? Why is the smaller one better? It's not the one you're wearing looks great. It fits you. Mm-hmm. You look good in it. Mm-hmm. Why does it need to be smaller? You know, yeah. Just stuff like that. It's just like, why? Like, says whom? (laughs) I think it's really interesting how people get really caught up in those numbers. Like, we've talked about this, like, with the weight and the clothes. And for so long, when my weight was wherever it was, I didn't know what to do with my clothes. You know, I, I was like, what do I do with the clothes that didn't fit me? What if they fit me in the future? Yeah. And... You can't really do... I feel like you just have to... Whatever is happening right now, just embrace it. (laughs) And stop worrying about how to change everything, you know? People freak out so much about the size. And it's like, yo, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm speaking from personal experience. For a long time, I was wearing clothes that were too small. And they don't look good. Ever. And it made me look much worse. Yeah. Nobody knew that I was a size whatever. No one knows if you're a size blank, but we can see if your clothes are too small, girl. I like know. wear what fits and you will look so much better no matter <laughs> what size that is. First hand experience yeah. because my sophomore year of college, I was like busting out of my clothes and someone should have told me. <laughs> <laughs> Plus it's uncomfortable. Like when you're wearing stuff that's too small for you, it's like so uncomfortable. So yeah. I don't really, yeah. and it doesn't look good. So no one's gonna walk up and be like, "You're a size whatever." Yeah. No. No. Who cares? I yeah, I totally agree. I don't. Yeah. I don't really know why that gives anybody a sense of satisfaction. I guess. I don't I, either. I used to think that way, and I and now that I've like removed from that, I don't know why either. But it's, you know, being in a retail environment now, something that I try to help people with. I don't know. I'm not qualified. I'm not a therapist. So I can't be like in the fitting room, like giving people counseling. But but I try and just take the emotion out of it and just say, this one would look so great on you. It would fit you perfectly. It's going to last forever. And it's perfect for your body. Like, yeah, I almost feel like (laughs) I almost feel like at stores, Every time the person, somebody should just measure you and then give you the shirt that fits you and like no numbers on it. <laughs> Maybe that would help people <laughs> or no it like labels would. on it, you Maybe know? Maybe that's where you're going. I don't know. Yeah. Probably. I just, uh, it's, it's interesting how all this is wrapped up in each other, I feel like. You know what I mean? The comparison stuff and everything we were just talking about and sharing information and... Mm-hmm. Well, kind of like when people, I mean, going back to sizes, it's like if somebody shares a size of something on, I notice this a lot. I follow so many like YouTube people who are beauty yeah. and fashion and yeah. they'll, so a lot of them will do clothing hauls and mm-hmm. they'll talk about their clothes and then they'll say what size they are. And they're not saying it to be like, this is my size. They're saying it 
because people will shop based on people what they ask. see. Yeah, people They're will ask. Because people will inundate them with yeah. questions about yeah. what size are you wearing. That's and, why they do it. And I've also, it. It, it, yeah, and like people ask, but and sometimes people ask. Sometimes people ask because they want to compare, and then sometimes people are asking because they want a reference because they're going to order it online, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes, I mean, I've done it before. If my friend, you know, if Nina orders yoga pants, and I'm like, oh, what size were you? Because I want to order some online too, and I'm trying to get something, like, as a reference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, mm-hmm. like, and so these people will post, will say, oh, I'm a size whatever in this. And then they get these horrible comments yeah, because they said their size. Yeah. And I'm like, I it's don't hard. know. Like, everything is triggering for someone. Yeah. And I just don't really know where you can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's hard. I don't think that you can. I think that as, you know, influencers or people who share things on the internet, I think being aware, understanding where you stand and being yourself and being honest. And as consumers, we have got to manage what we look at. And if we have that hard of a time with getting information about things like that, we have to do the inner work. We have to be responsible for doing that inner work for ourselves and looking away while we get there. Mm -hmm. It's not the job of other people to do that for us. It's kind of a two-way street. It's an awareness of the self and an awareness of kind of how what you're saying comes across. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what... I feel like in every industry, it's kind of gotten out of control in every direction. Yeah. And I think that everybody's looking for someone to blame when I don't necessarily think there's one person to blame. (laughs) Um, I think, I think, I think nobody knows how to handle all this media and all this information. Yeah. No. You know, like, Mm -hmm. how do you, I don't, I don't either. It's really freaking hard. Yeah. And I get mad at myself because I see things that like will trigger me. And then I'm like, why am I not? Why am I still following this person? And then I'll make up an excuse in my head. And I think what helps me with things like people ask me a lot how to get out of. Okay, like for the orthorexia, for example, how to not compare food. And it yeah. started off when I was first trying to figure out all my health issues. I was comparing so much. I've said this before. I would read what I eat in a days all the time because I was trying to see how other people ate who I knew didn't have stomach issues. And I thought if I just copy this person, then then I shouldn't my stomach shouldn't hurt and I shouldn't be dealing with this. And then I would try and it wasn't working and I just got so frustrated. And then it wasn't until I got individualized help that yeah. I could just be in my head. In my head, what I would say to myself was, my nutritionist told me exactly what to eat. So here's my, here's my, what I eat and I'm just going to follow yeah. it. And, yes. th- and that allowed me to just put my blinders on and not care about anything else. Um, And same with fitness, like mm-hmm. same with fitness, like, I'll like look at what other people are doing and compare myself and be like, Oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm doing like, or I'm doing too much, like seeing what other people are doing. And when I'm feeling like that, what I have to do is like almost have somebody more responsible than me who is focused on me as an individual. Tell me what to do. If that makes sense. Like as opposed to, and that's not the same thing as going out and buying some random workout plan or random meal plan that's out there on the internet. Like, that's the thing is like you, if you're really struggling, like what helped me the most was having individualized attention because I know that this, this advice is tailored to me as a person, you know? Yeah. Like that's, yeah. And like, and so then that's like even so now yeah when I scroll through stuff there's stuff that I I for a second I'll be like oh and then in my head I'm like well that wouldn't work. I know what works for me because this professional has told me and helped me and then I saw that it helped me yeah you know and yeah 
I know that from personal experience now, but it's so hard for other people to accept, I think. Oh, girl, you just dropped the biggest truth bomb. <laughs> I am like over here waving and just yeah. like at the church because you are preaching <laughs> right now. Okay. Oh God, I love Get you. It. <laughs> like stop taking random advice from people who don't know you and don't know what's going on with yeah. you. Like, no, exactly. yes, man, sister. And that's why it's so hard. We talk about like the fitness plans, for example. It's hard because am I saying that all fitness plan, like you can't follow a fitness plan that's just put out no. for the general public. No, that's not it. But I don't know. I just feel like if, if you have an area that you're struggling with mm-hmm. and you're looking to overcome something specific with your struggles, you need to work with a professional to tell them yeah. what you're struggling with so that they can help address that. Yeah. If you're just generally trying to get moving, hey, download the workout ebook. That's cool. Yeah. doesn't mean it's going to help you reach a specific goal, but it depends on what you want to do. Yeah, for you. And that's why I get so frustrated. People email me all the time asking things and I go you really need to go they'll go do you think do you think I've I heard that if I take this out of my diet it'll help with this issue or I heard that if I do this it'll and I'm like every time I'm gonna tell you the same thing you need to go see a functional medicine doctor you need to go see a nutritional therapy practitioner you need to go see a personal trainer like so that somebody can look at you as an individual because what's going on with you as an individual is not going on with any other person on the planet exactly. like yeah and 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 people always resist that advice people always yeah. they'll be like I can't afford it I can't do this I can't do that and it's hard because I'm like okay I get that you can't afford it but you're wasting so much you're probably wasting money in other ways because you're testing out these other things on yourself that you heard work for other people when you could just save your time and probably money and just kind of bite the bullet right now and get somebody to focus on you. Yeah. And I think too, along those same lines, I totally understand not being able to afford certain things, but I think the thing that is free is skepticism Yeah, and not trusting and believing everything that you see, what Susie Joe is doing on Instagram, not believing everything she says does not cost you a darn thing, honey, because Susie Joe on Instagram probably doesn't know what she's talking about. Like, yeah. We just can't like trust everything that we see from people who don't have any sort of credential with what they're doing, you know? What are some of the things that you see that maybe worry you or frustrate you? When it comes to like fitness or social media or fitness, maybe. Yeah. I think the biggest thing with fitness, I mean, I think people being too extreme is something that definitely worries me. Um, people wanting to do like really high intensity workouts every single day or just lifting super heavy without paying attention to like form and what really works for their body and overcoming injury and muscle imbalances first. Like that kind of worries me. Mm-hmm. Um Gosh, that's a big one because that's something that like as I become more knowledgeable as a trainer over the years, like I'm really, really passionate about is like well-roundedness. But on the other side of the pendulum, I also get very rubbed the wrong way by the kind of do nothing rhetoric. Yeah. Um, because it you can't do nothing either. Like, guess what, sister? Your body was designed to move. Yeah. You either move it or you lose it. And do not by any means do like two hour crazy hit sessions every day, but at least get up and like get to scooting, get to walking, yeah. do something besides like sitting on your butt. Because if you don't, it's your body was not designed for that. And that is where the slew of problems will come in. And it just is like, if you've ever been around somebody who can't get around very well Mm -hmm. who cannot get up and exercise and move their body or do things for themselves or is really weak because they're sick like I guarantee you those people wish that they had the opportunity to get up and make themselves stronger and move their body every day and so to say well I don't want to be too extreme so I'm just going to do nothing like, no, like you need to find some sort of happy medium. And that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody needs to lift heavy weights all the time if that's not what you want to do. But like, shoot, get up, 
walk for 30 minutes a day. Like, I don't care what you do. Just get up and move. Yeah. Like, do you think a lot of that, though, is also like a defense mechanism and or fear surrounding maybe just not knowing what to do or a defense mechanism of failure and just being unsure and not, know, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, I think there's a lot of things too. I mean, that expression, misery loves company. I don't think that necessarily applies to misery. I think that applies to any state that you're in. I think we, if we're feeling a certain way, we want people to feel how we're feeling so we can relate to them. So if we're Mm -hmm. feeling down on exercise, we're going to talk down on exercise. Same thing is if we're feeling really good in our workout routine and we're just like on fire, we're going to be talking it up and annoying all of our friends talking about it because we want people to feel how we're feeling in that moment. And that, that goes on both sides. It can be good and bad, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's where it's hard with the media and things I read. If you, and also this goes back to taking things at face value that people say. Yeah. Like, I swear to God, any, if you really dig, as somebody who is, I feel, I consider myself to be a professional digger and researcher on the <laughs> internet. And I could vouch for that. Yeah. I feel like you are. <laughs> I'm like psycho. And I'll fu- I swear to God, everything I read where somebody will say something and be so passionate about it one way, I'll continue to research. And then they've said the complete opposite in another thing. If that makes sense, you know, like fitness people saying, I only lift heavy weights and blah, blah. blah, And this is the way it is. And then I'll read another post and they'll be like, lifting heavy weights ruins your joints and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And it's not good to do that that often. And that doesn't work. Or, you know, I always go back to the intermittent fast. I think the intermittent fasting thing is probably the classic example in my mind of um, a lot of people who are big in the keto world being like, IF is the way to go. Everyone needs to do this, blah, 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 blah. But the same person will always have another article saying, oh, but it doesn't work for X, Y, and Z. And you shouldn't do it in this situation. You know, it's different for women than men and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, well, if somebody only runs into this one article. Yeah. And isn't like me and trying to find every information, they're not going to find the other side (laughs) of the story. And then they're going to screw themselves over, you know? Yeah. I think it's hard when people talk in absolutes, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that you can have, you can have, different points of view you can believe multiple things are true i wholeheartedly believe lifting heavy can be really beneficial and i also wholeheartedly believe there are some people who do really well with body weight training and they get strong and they get jacked Mm -hmm. i'm not going to write a blog post saying only heavy lifting ever and then the next week say only body weight training like you can have multiple opinions coexist yeah but when people talk in absolutes about anything that you know it gets a little sketchy because there is no absolute. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. I think there is no absolute, but everybody want. well, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I can speak for myself. I'm the kind of person who wants an absolute. I like a white or black answer. (laughs) Yeah. I like a straight answer. You know, I always push you. I'll say things because I know. And I'm always like, it depends. Yeah. And I drive crazy. And the the, (laughs) it depends drives me crazy, but I also like it because I want the more I learn about it, the more I understand it really does depend. Yeah. And I have to keep yeah. reminding myself it does depend. And I'm not going to find this. I'm not going to f- just like magically find this answer where everything's, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm looking for at the end of the day yeah. sometimes, you know? Yeah. And I want to like, so many people who message me and ask me questions like that, I want to scream at them like, <laughs> I wish I don't want you to waste your time and research and doing this crazy searching for some magical answer that I was searching for when there isn't one, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, um, I think a lot of that too is kind of the diet and fitness industry has painted a picture that I don't necessarily agree with. Like, I used to feel the very same way. Like there was just one type of workout or there was one type of diet that was just going to be the Hail Mary answer to all of my problems. And the journey to get there was just something I needed to tough it out and be disciplined and get through. Mm-hmm. And that just didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. It What worked for me was enjoying the journey, kind of t- treating my body like 
I don't want to say like a science experiment, but kind of to see what good for me and enjoying the journey along the way and realizing that it's a moving target and that journey never ends. Mm -hmm. Enjoying the season that you're in with where you're at with your body and what's working for you now because something different's probably going to work for you later and that's okay and understanding that it's a continuum. Yeah. But the industry doesn't tell us that. It tells us take 21 days to build a habit if you're disciplined and if you burn enough calories, you'll get to where you want to be. And that's just, that's stupid. That's not how it works. Yeah. And like, I mean, this is personal experience recently. This is what Les has been helping me with, like with the fitness stuff for so long. The fitness was something I felt like I had found the answer to, like it was under control and I had just had my routine. Like that was something. Mm -hmm. So in my head I was like, okay, got that in this is my workout routine and I don't have to think about it. I'm just going to do this. And I was doing the same thing for like one or two years. And because I was doing the same thing, then I started just feeling like bored. And then that wasn't the answer anymore. You know what I mean? And then I was like, something's wrong and I'm not happy doing this anymore. But then I was resisting changing anything because I felt like, well, no, that was like what I figured out was working best. And it wasn't until, and like when you started to train me and I was doing stuff that I hadn't done before and then I started feeling really good and I was like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and working out for way less time, yeah. way workout. Yeah. Like, that was another one that we worked on. <laughs> yeah. Like all these things that I just like, I felt I had it in check because it was like, and it wasn't in check and then it wasn't until I changed it up and now I'm realizing like and like the way you're training me right now what I'm doing I feel so good I feel so much comfortable with the fact that okay maybe in six months I'll be doing something totally different you know whereas before I wanted to just find an answer like in terms of workouts I wanted to find an answer to working out that I could just okay that's the answer and I'll just do this forever my whole life and then I don't have to think about it and that's just kind of not the way it is and that was also back when I was really struggling with food that was the same thing too I was like I just need to figure out in my head I was like I just need to figure out a day of eating that doesn't hurt my stomach and then I'll just eat like that every day forever um guess what that's like not how it works (laughs) you know and I feel like a lot of people, whether or not they realize they have that thought process, a lot of people do who are struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, And the sooner you realize, like, that's that's not going to work, you know? Yeah. And it's scary. And that change isn't as scary as it seems, Yeah, you know? Yeah. It's not. And for me, I think the best way, like, you have to just... If it scares you to change something, you just have to do it. <laughs> yeah, just give it a try. Yeah. Even I remember one point being like, Christina, just try it for this week. Just try the workouts this week. And yeah. if you like it, you can go back. Like, yeah. just a few days. You know what I mean? Like, that's all you need. You don't have to tell yourself it's forever if you're not you, but like, yeah. If anyone afraid of change, just try it for a week. Try it for two weeks. And then you can go right back to what you're doing. But I guarantee in that two weeks, there's probably going to be some positive change too. Yeah. And that's the other thing. The thing that my therapist will all like in all aspects of my life when I'm freaking out about everything, because I do, <laughs> she'll always ask me, she goes, well, what's the worst that would happen? Mm-hmm. Or like, especially with school, she would ask me that because I would be like so stressed out about assignments or papers. And she's like, well, what's the worst that will happen? And I was like, I don't know. Like I get a C and she goes, and <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, I guess. You know what I mean? When you really think yeah. about it, I'm like, okay, so what happens if I get a C? Nothing. Like, I get a C. <laughs> like, you know? And, and then that makes me realize how much of it is built up in my head. That's just mm-hmm. me putting pressure on myself, I guess. Yeah. When it doesn't have to be there. And then I'm creating, I realize I just created a problem that doesn't have to be a problem. <laughs> Exactly. And then it's such a relief when you get to that point and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it almost feels like too easy. I've had this problem. I've kind of talked about it like since graduating. Like I feel guilty that I'm like happy and not struggling to do homework. You know what I mean? Yeah. And stuff like, yeah. like, is it, are we allowed to feel like life is like not 
that hard, you know? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's called just being in a really good place and like you enjoy the heck out of it. Do you notice that? I feel like I notice it so much with the people around me, like when I'm talking to some of the people in my family or friends who will be complaining about their problems. And because I'm an outsider, I'm thinking in my head, you don't really have any like real problems and you could just be really happy. But it's almost like no one's allowing themselves just to be like, oh, everything's fine. And sometimes it happens when you're so close to it. Like when you're Mm -hmm. in the thick of it and you're like so close to a problem or to a situation that seems hard, it seems like the end of the world. That's kind of like when you get over something afterwards, you're like, oh, like that actually wasn't that bad. And I got through it. But like when you're in the middle of it, it just can be so hard. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you know that you'll be like, I just got to get, you'll be like, I just have to get through this. And like, I can't deal with it right now, you know. It's such a hard mindset shift, but I think that that, for me, at least that question, just really being like, what is the worst that can happen? And then actually answering that honestly. Yep. (laughs) And like being okay with accepting that maybe nothing bad will happen either way. (laughs) Yeah. Or even if something bad does happen, it's probably not that bad and it's still figure outable. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It's so... I feel like my mind just gets blown every time I think about that. I don't even know. We're we're so abstract right now. We are. We're just chatting. We're kicking it. Yeah. I like it. But <laughs> I feel like that was – hopefully that helps somebody. We've been talking for an hour. That's crazy. I didn't even realize that. Easily. It felt like 10 minutes. I like. know. <laughs> this is what – we text about all the time anyways just oh yeah you guys christina and i text probably 24 7 literally i think i've only had your phone number for a few months and i you're probably like the most texts in my phone but it's mutual it's yeah. not like you know yeah like definitely talk all the time. if i don't text if i don't text you for like a certain amount of time i'm like where the hell is she i'm just gonna think of something yeah. random to text her about <laughs> probably at work yeah or like like, I feel like that's all I do if I'm not like texting yeah like sleeping or at work (laughs) that's what I assume you're doing not ignoring me no but so great (laughs) this is this was good though so you have your um I just got a really weird email a media request from Australia okay oh I get so much spam no it's like spam it's bad but Okay, yeah, so you're are you, you're like training people, right? Online. I am. Yeah, so I have a handful of my VIP one-on-one clients, Christina included. Woohoo! Um, yeah, and then I'm also opening back up my small group training program. Um, so it's basically my six week fitness program. That's all about building strength and confidence and improving your relationship with fitness. Um, you get a strength training plan and coaching directly from me and I'm really excited. It opens up May 1st. So I'm excited for my next group of people to go through it. May 1st is like when it opens to sign up or to. No. So signups are open now. May 1st is when you start. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wait, where do people sign up? So people can sign up on my website um, at thebalancedberry.com. And if you go to fitness, um, on the fitness page is where you can learn more. Yay. So exciting. And as a VIP client, (laughs) I can vouch for her and her abilities. (laughs) I feel so like... Yeah, I love what I'm doing right now. And Good. I don't it's know. It's different. Every day is yeah. totally different. Yeah, that's what's fun. It's, it is different. And that's another thing, just kind of like side note. I think mixing it up every day helps me not compare to myself, I guess. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, totally. Like each day is different. So, and I'm actually excited I was, there was like, I was at the point where I just feel like every day was like, it was turning into a chore. Something that I had loved before was turning into a chore because it was just so much of a routine. And now I'm like, what am I doing today? (laughs) Like, it's really cool, guys. You don't have to be trapped. And don't be afraid, not just fitness, anything. 
don't be afraid to ask somebody else to kind of guide you. Like somebody who's, don't ask some random ass person. Like ask somebody who's certified. Ask somebody who's certified. And if you start talking to a trainer and they don't start asking you questions to get Mm -hmm. to know you better, if they just immediately hand you some random something and like have no idea what your goals are, if they don't ask you any questions, like run. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is the person (laughs) taking the time to get to know you and individualize things to you? As somebody who has literally probably seen like 800 doctors, I straight up like interview doctors because – I can Good. tell if they're yeah. just – I'm like, are you focused on me as a unique individual or are you just trying to put me in a textbook? Right, prescriptions, yeah. 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 And it's like that with any professional in anything, whether it's fitness, food, going to the freaking facialist, you know, <laughs> <laughs> even getting my nails done. Got to cater to my nails. <laughs> <laughs> You got to get that individual nail care, nail care girl. Exactly. Like. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So everybody can find you at in, on Instagram, your Balance Berry. Yep. Um, at Balance Berry. My blog, thebalanceberry.com. Do you That's use Twitter? Usually, those are the two places I hang out. I do use Twitter. Actually, I'm pretty active on Twitter. Um, it's usually just random things that I'm thinking. So if you liked my one-liners, yeah, like, to my Twitter, I'm impressed. I'm not a Twitter. I'm not a tweeter. I like don't have enough brain power because I can barely handle Instagram and texting and emails. As is, trust me. It's a lot. That's- yeah okay well hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode i had a lot of fun if you have any um comments or reactions please send them in and join the super secret not so secret facebook group (laughs) we're both in it les and i are both in it it's it's pretty great yeah it is (laughs) the bomb so you can just search actually adultish on facebook Actually, Adultish Podcast Nation, that's what it's called. (laughs) And if you haven't already, please subscribe. Please leave a rating and a review on iTunes. All of that is free and just nice if you want to be a nice person. So, yeah. All right. Thanks, Les. It was good to have you on here. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Christina. Bye. Bye.